If I asked you right now to list all of the subscriptions you pay for, would you be able to? I really thought my answer to that question would be a resounding yes. But with the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find some sneaky ones I must have forgotten to cancel before the free trial ran out. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting slash kids subscriptions, though they all seem like really small amounts, when pulled together, that's a pretty big chunk of your spending money out the door. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in cancel subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs, which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the found the telephone and electricity line described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. When you think about World War II, you think of bloody war crimes and Nazi atrocities. On September 29, 1912, a man named Paul Ogorzow was born. By the time the war began, he was a member of the Nazi party. He was also committing a string of attacks and murders right in his hometown, not under Nazi command, but for his own pure enjoyment. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Paul Ogerzau was born on September 29, 1912, and was the illegitimate son of a farm worker. When he was 18 years old, he joined the Nazi party and, just a year later, became a member of its paramilitary branch and continued to rise through the ranks. In 1934, he was hired by the National Railroad, Deutsche Reichsbahn. This job would later become his primary way of meeting his victims. Three years later, he married a woman named Gertrude Ziegelman, and the two had a son and a daughter, whom neighbors often saw him playing with in the yard. On the outside, he was a caring family man. But behind closed doors, he was incredibly violent and abusive. In August of 1939, Paul took his violence outside of the home when he began a series of violent attacks and began sexually assaulting and raping dozens of women in the Berlin area. Due to World War II, the area was widely populated with housewives whose husbands were serving in the military, leaving them alone and vulnerable. 
During this time, police documented 31 cases of rape and other sexual assault. These women were either choked, threatened, threatened with a knife, or bludgeoned. And they all described their attacker as a male wearing a railway worker's uniform. Some of these women were unsuccessful murder attempts. Between August of 1939 and July of 1940, Paul attacked and stabbed three women, all of which survived and were later able to testify against him in court. But not before Paul began moving his attacks to passengers on the train he worked on and escalating his attacks. In August of 1940, he bludgeoned a passenger boarding the plane. He raped the woman and, believing she was dead, left her unconscious body. She survived the attack. He tried the same approach again in September, which resulted in the woman being thrown from a moving train after she survived his strangulation attempt. After almost being caught with another woman, he changed up his MO and had his first successful murder. He began lurking around the empty train carriages, asked a woman to see her ticket, and, once distracted, would strangle the woman with a piece of lead-encased telephone cable, though he still liked to attack solitary women in their homes. On October 4, 1940, he was able to stab 20-year-old mother of two, Gertrude Ditter. She was alone in her home while her husband was away serving in the war. Two months later, he took his killings back onto the train when he killed Elfried Frank, had her skull crushed by an iron bar before being thrown from the train. Another, 19-year-old Ermergard Fries, whom was walking home one night before he raped her and bludgeoned her to death. On December 22nd, railroad workers discovered the body of another one of his victims whose skull was fractured before she was discarded by the tracks. For months, police found numerous women discarded along the train tracks. Most were already dead, but some survived only to die later in the hospital. Once his seventh victim was found, police determined that this was the work of one man. Fortunately, the two women who he failed to murder were able to describe the attack and confirm that the killer was, indeed, a railway worker. Police began looking for suspects matching Paul Orgazau's description. However, domestic news coverage was controlled and censored by agencies of the Nazi government, and stories like that of the, of the S-Bahn murders, as they had begun to be called, were viewed as material that might damage wartime morale and were not covered. Not only were police not able to distribute the information to aid in his capture, but they were unable to warn women to avoid railway travel at night. By December 1940, 5,000 railway workers were interviewed and police patrols increased in the areas where the attacks were taking place. Police officers were undercover and female detectives were used as bait to capture the killer. The Nazi party even dispatched personnel to protect unaccompanied women on their commutes. Paul volunteered as one of the men escorting women during the night hours. While police were unsuccessful in capturing Paul, he did become inactive for nearly five months as a result of the heavy patrol. That is, until on July 3, 1941, he claimed his eighth victim, Frida Kozoil. Due to some misogynistic comments and talks of killing fantasies, Paul's co-workers began to get suspicious and reports were made to the police. His uniforms were inspected, all of which contained bloodstains, and he was arrested on July 12, 1941. After an intense interrogation, he confessed to his crimes, 
though he blamed his murder spree on alcoholism and a Jewish doctor who incompetently treated his gonorrhea. He was kicked out of the Nazi party and charged with eight murder counts. He pled guilty to all eight counts, as well as six counts of attempted murder and 31 of assault, including rape. He was sentenced to death and was executed on July 26, 1941. Before his execution, the Nazi regime declared him an enemy to the people. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 30th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.